You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, who, John, are really not playing all that well right now. And, you know, I'll tell you, road trip, injuries, young bench, uh, the list goes on and on, honestly. It goes on and on. Probably back to when Isaiah Thomas lost his tooth and busted his hip for this team. <laughs> yeah. Just just seems like ever since then, the karma gods have not treated this team uh, nicely with regards to players' health. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate enough. Jalen Brown only sat out one game, you know, but this – that's only going to last so long <laughs> if he has to keep carrying the team. And, you know, in this last game against the Pistons, Jason Tatum, like, gave up. So that puts more pressure on Jalen. Um, and at the same time, I'm really not super worried. It We also have this really tight schedule, you know, because of all the games that have to get packed back in. And you and I have been talking about it for two weeks, John. We've been concerned about whether or not they would be able to stay healthy and keep a high level of energy, you know, because of that. And then as we began to watch injuries uh, mount, like to Marcus Smart, I kind of feel like we foretold this a little bit. Um, And I know people want to look at the effort and, you know, Danny's shouldering the blame and, shielding brad and the everybody in in the twitter sphere is kicking brad's butt right now like why can't he get a bunch of under 23 year olds to win games and you know the lone bright spot really this season in so many ways has has really been peyton pritchard you know where would they be considering the way that teague is playing where would they be right now especially with smart out if uh, if Pritchard wasn't performing this well, they'd be in really rough shape. Yeah, I don't want to think about that, man. Jeez. <laughs> you know, with everyone out, I hate to even think about where they would be without what they've had. 
Uh, I mean, Jalen Brown, frankly, would be the other one. I mean, where they would have been without him. Uh, that early, early stretch, you know, uh, around the COVID uh, break, I guess, that they got. Uh, it, it was not pretty, you know, without him. I mean, who knows? Um, and, and after, you know, with Tatum out and Brown working on his own, uh, you know, they had quite a run. But, man, it's I, – I, you're right. We foretold this. We, we talked about it. We said it was going to be bad. The problem is, is when you're in the middle of it, it always seems far worse than what you're saying how it's going to be. You know, I mean, we talked about this, but it's well, because we commit how many hours to watch these games, man. That's the difference. Saying it's coming and watching them play reasonable basketball and get some gritty wins here and there. And, you know, but but watching them slide like this and living in it is and living living in our own filth. And doing what I did the other night, which was turn it off at the start of the fourth quarter. Like there's no miraculous comeback coming. Um, We've seen them do that. Even last year, you know, they would stake other teams a big lead and and find a way to make it close at the end and win a bunch of them. And, you know, I just don't think that that's that's not going to be this year's team for so many reasons, both within and outside of their control. Yeah, and I think that that's – well, right. There's so much that's out of their control that even in the best of circumstances, they're still going to be up against it. I mean, look, when you take a look at the, the team standings, uh, you know, league-wide, uh, yeah, how are you feeling if you're the Miami Heat at 50, 11 and 15, ninth place? How are you feeling if you're, uh, you know, Atlanta, who has designs on a playoff? You know, they're, they're 11 and 15 as well, 10th in the conference. Toronto is 12 and 15. You know, they're 8th. Um, you know, as bad as this has been, and this is, you know, everyone's using you know, terms like disaster and, you know, complete, you know, obliteration. I'm glad I'm not those teams. You know, the Miami Heat beat the Celtics in, in that in that conference finals. And went to finals. the finals. Right. And, and they're sitting even far worse than where the Celtics are at present. Um, and know, who did they really lose? Jay Crowder? Yeah. Right. Right. That was a big loss for them. But, they, yeah, they really brought everyone else back, you know. And I don't think there's a trade that fixes where they are. I mean, again, they get caught up in the COVID stuff. And that's and that's the thing is, like, you know, we can sit back and, you know, say, well, it should be this. But I, I feel like the whole season is graded on a curve. How many teams right now are, are near or within two games, let's say, of 500? Um, you know, that's probably half the league. <laughs> you know, I mean, the eighth place, well, it's like the the fifth place team is a 500 team in the East, right? The eighth place team is three games under 500, which at this point of the season, it's really bad. You know, I just, I think that there's going to be a natural kind of magnetism to 500. There's going to be teams that are going to be bad that should, you know, who are going to win games that they shouldn't. There's going to be good teams that are going to lose games, because, you know, there's schedule losses, I think all that is true, and you can still be disappointed with where the Celtics are, but you gotta like look at the context of the whole picture, right, man? I mean, that's that's really what we're saying is like we knew this coming into it, and it, it had very little to do with who was on this roster, and a little bit to do with what's on the roster, but it had even more to do with the fact of we saw what was coming, and it was going to be a rough road, you know, over this stretch until we get to the break. 
Yeah, and and I guess another you know factor that ties into what you're saying too is we did expect some of the veterans or the the two new veterans to really be able to give the team a lift. I mean, you look at Jeff Teague and you were thinking maybe he can you know start in the absence of Walker, especially at the beginning of the season potentially, um, and if not, he's the sixth man off the bench that we need smart to be not necessarily defensive uh, minded, but offensively that, and that's always been the issue anyway. It, it does almost make sense to, to start smart when Kemba's out to start to begin the season, because you you need offense on that second unit. And so you would have thought that Teague was going to be able to provide that. It's been mitigated. Like Whoa. we already talked about a little bit by Pritchard, but even Tristan Thompson, um, he's not 100% healthy. I mean, I'm not saying that he's the offense that they need on the second unit or whatever. I, anybody who thought that he was going to come into Boston and become this like rock star offensive player was ludicrous. But his rebounding is excellent. And But he's still not 100%. It's clear to me that he is still not 100%. He started the season with a hamstring. And I wonder how much conditioning comes into play. Uh, we talked a lot about this, too. What do they have? Two months to turn the season around? Uh, you want to look at why Miami's struggling. Just think about how most teams come off a championship. And I realize this isn't football, but in the NFL, for most of them, it's a killer. Once you yeah. get those extra games in the postseason, you make the Super Bowl, so many of those teams have a down year the next year because the players didn't get the proper rest. Now you're looking at you know the teams that were – that were in the bubble, that were getting that extra playing time, not an off-season to rest or recondition or whatever. It's not. It shouldn't be as much of a surprise as everybody is making it out to be, like trying to treat this like a regular season. It's not a regular season. <laughs> it's an irregular season, huh? It's the second irregular season. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah it's, 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 it's regular in its irregularity. There you go. There you go. It's consistently irregular. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's uh, it's factory seconds. It's no, you're right. I mean, I, look, there. Um, <laughs> I think that that you know where uh, <laughs> you want to be able to draw conclusions and use what are. I mean, what are we? We're NBA fans. We've seen this. We've watched this game a long time. We judge it based upon what we know and where we think it's going to go in, in the ultimate hope of a championship, right? And so we're judging everything based upon what we know of what we've seen. So it's natural. It's natural that we're going to have, you know, well, you know, it's it's early, it's mid-February and, uh, you know, the Suns rookies haven't done much. You know, it's mid, you know, we need help for this bench. Why hasn't Dan done anything for this bench? Well, the reason why is that, uh, you know, uh, one, the trade deadline is not for another six weeks or, you know, four to six weeks. Two, the rookies were picked, like, literally three months ago. You know, they've been pros for not even three months. So they didn't even get a summer league. No summer league. No, you know, very little training camp. They're not practicing because they're playing every other day. Uh, you know, it's not I, – I, I'm not trying to, to, to write it off and say, oh, well, it's no excuses. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of excuses, and, and that's just – you know, we just got to move on. And that's not – that's – of course, they're playing. They're competing. You know, there's, there's times when it's like, come on, guys. 
But on the other hand, <laughs> I mean, really, I, the fact that Peyton Pritchard is doing what he's doing right now is is even more remarkable. You know, we could say, well, Sadiq Bey is player of the week, and, you know, Desmond Bain is the next, you know, whatever, Michael Jordan. Um, you know, draft Twitter is all upset. What about this? What about that? Like, it's it's it, it's very tiring to follow right now. It's very tiring. We get Gary, you know, Gary Washburn's talking about how they think, you know, the player, you know, the coach has lost the players. Um, you know, just everything is just like turned up to eleven, and I, I don't, I don't know how you how you change that, but. <laughs> yes, we're a podcast talking about the Celtics. So if you're listening to this, obviously you're you're similarly frustrated or happy or whatever. But like it, it just seems like everything is tuned up a little more than it probably should be, given where we are and what we're all going through. Yeah, which I think is another reason why Danny just like went in and stepped, you know, <laughs> yeah, to take the bullets. Right, because but the but the one curious thing about that too though is he didn't just come in and take the bullets. He almost admitted that he screwed up by not trading for Miles Turner. I mean, I don't know what else he could possibly. I'm sure there are some other things that might have been in the works that he could possibly be referencing. But if there's truth to him saying there are things I probably should have done, you know, and I didn't do what I should have done or whatever. I don't, I don't know what he's referencing. Maybe they're smaller moves. Um, But you do, don't you get the sense from that, that Danny, even as he downplayed the value of the traded player exception, it's almost like he was saying, "Ah, I wish I had done that deal. And, you know, now Gordon's playing with the Hornets and, having a stellar season and you know there was he wasn't keeping him there's no way they could pay him that money to stay but so they weren't keeping him but they could have spread that money around a little bit and you know everybody kept saying he was greedy do you i kind of i kind of felt like it wasn't that big of a deal that the tbe could be something but the way he's talking now and the way he said there's something i could have done it almost makes me wonder like and it doesn't make me wonder. It kind of sounds like he's admitting that he screwed up the Gordon Hayward deal. Uh, I I didn't take it that way. Uh, what I saw was, um, yes, uh, I the roster that we have is not the roster that I would want to go to battle with, um, and. I think that we can do a whole lot better um, when we have an opportunity to get there. But right now, uh, let's not judge Brad Stevens um, on what he's got because I haven't really given him a roster worth um, maybe the expectations that we all have for him. You know, I, I guess what I mean is that's a, that's a really you know, wordy way of saying. I was going to say that was super vague, but yeah. Well, I, I, what I'm saying is, Ainge is saying like, look, we're yeah, everyone's looking at this team like they're you know they're, they're contenders and they should be contenders, but there isn't this bench is not worthy of being a contender. It's it's a bunch of rookies and it's got a 28 million dollar TPE sitting somewhere um, that that could be used to bolster the bench to actually give the reinforcement, the replacement for Gordon Hayward, uh, that 
somewhat that we're promised. And so I think that that's what he's saying. I don't think it's yeah. about direct, um, you know, if this, then that. I, I don't think it's that. I think it's more we have guys that, you know, we, we this is not the roster that we're going to go go to war with. Um, and I I think that there's a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about um you mean like now all or games that are flying around? Like, well, no, no. holy moly. Like, one week, it's uh, uh, the guy from Sacramento. Why am I blanking? Harrison Help Barnes. Me out. Yeah, one week, it's Harrison Barnes. The next week, it's, uh, you know, um, oh, dude, John Joining. Collins. John right. Collins is back. Aaron Gordon, John oh, Collins. Yeah. And then and, uh, and, uh, Jeremy Grant, right? Sure. Oh, that's the guy. That's yes. I mean, who are the Celtics playing that week on a bad team that <laughs> that gets a win against them yeah. who might not be able to use their top player? You know, I got to tell you, I think there's no way in hell Detroit's going to trade Jeremy Grant. They just signed him, and he's the best thing they've that he's the best. Uh, non-drafted player they've brought onto that roster in a long time. And, you know, people are going to want to say Blake Griffin, but Blake, by the time he got to Detroit, oh, the shell of himself. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, and, and they're and they're now going to have to either pay him a lot of money to not play for them, or they're going to they're gonna have to give up something to get rid of his contract. Um, because he's gone home now, and you know that's that's just the end of that. I, no, I oh, look. Did he leave the team? Yeah, that's today. Yeah, that happened. Oh, today. I totally missed yeah. that today. And Drummond did it yesterday, and you know, so it's Wait, and I get Drummond it. Drummond went home yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I am clearly oh, wow. not up to date. I don't. <laughs> I did Valentine's Day with my wife. Yeah. And then, you know, and I've watched the games, you know, I've kept up with the team. I even read Celtics blog today and saw Danny's, you know, like, it's, it's right. not like I haven't been on Twitter. Sure. But sure. I'm clearly missing. Is there a move for players on bad teams to just call it a year and, and go, you know, COVID quarantine? Is that what's well, happening? It, well, it just really sucks to be part of a team and have to go through all of that testing and all of that stuff. It's it's a miserable Are they experience. giving up their paycheck? What's that? Are they giving up their paycheck? No, 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 no. I mean, they're still getting paid, but you know, oh look, that's, God. But the team, the team wants it. The player wants it. You know, the, oh, the for for Cleveland, Cleveland wants to play. You know, Jared Allen. Um, they don't want. You know, they don't want to deal with Drummond. Drummond's. You know, he's making twenty eight million. They're gonna pay him. They have to pay him. So why make Drummond sit on the bench, go through all that testing and all that hoorah when he's really not part of what they're doing? So he'll go. That home. was a slick trade with Brooklyn. So smart for them to get Allen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they gave up, you know, a little bit that they sent to to um, Houston. So that's kind of a mutual decision then. The, both, yeah, trade. both of them are. I, I, think I did are. see all the trade yeah. rumors with Drummond, but I thought it was just you know, because there wasn't a roster fit, not because they like agreed like, Hey dude, go home and we'll try to find a place for you to, to go. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's different. That's different. You know, it would totally, that's actually smart for the team because if he did get COVID, it would destroy his trade value. Sure. (laughs) 
sure. <laughs> like, why not? You know, why well, why not? But but okay. So but the thing is, is like this is nothing is happening right now. That's the problem, right? If if you're Danny Ainge or you're any of these other teams that are that need to make a deal, maybe you're Miami, maybe you're Toronto, maybe you're you know any of these guys that feel like, geez, we got to do something. There's not enough difference between tenth and you know or t- you know tenth in the East and fifteenth in the East. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Right now, the, the the fourth pick in the draft is going to Cleveland, okay? Cleveland. Cleveland, who's 10 and 18, and a week ago, everyone was talking about how they're going to push for, uh, you know, a play-in game, you know, sex land and all this other stuff. Well, now they're, you know, they've got they got the fourth pick. And remember, there's the balance, they rebalance the lottery odds. So, you know, you've got a really good shot at getting the number one pick if you're the fourth pick. So it's just like Orlando's fifth or tied for fourth, you know? I mean, there's just such a little gap between the the tenth, seven, eight, nine, ten, the new play-in teams, and and where the lottery kind of kicks in, you know, real lottery, the the high lottery kicks in. That it's like, well, there needs to be some growing gap here, so that we actually can say, okay, Orlando, you and I may agree that Orlando's going nowhere. It's time to put the for sale sign out on some of these guys and move them. Uh, you know, Cleveland should do the same thing with Nance and Drummond. Uh, you know, uh, Houston probably sell off PJ, you know, Tucker, Atlanta. What are they going to do with Collins? We've got three games with Atlanta in the next two weeks. That'll be pretty interesting, you know. So I, all I'm saying is, like, there's just such a little gap, and it's like we can talk about these guys, but what's the incentive for those teams to move them, you know? If they want to make a trade, you know, maybe they should try to, you know, if I'm Cleveland – I probably want to try to get in the playoffs. Maybe that playoff game is worth it to me. I don't think so. Not the way I think about it, but I think that's what some of those teams are thinking. But they'd have to trade Drummond for something that can contribute this year. Well, but otherwise, what's the point? I, well, yeah, well, I don't know. I try to get in if you're rebuilding. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, sure. I, that I don't get. It, that feels like you're. I know. That's the death. <laughs> trap of going in it two is. different directions at the same time mm-hmm. and being mired in in mediocrity uh, yeah mediocrity yeah, that, that. yeah yeah so i mean that's what that's what philly tried so desperately to avoid and now they're atop of the eastern conference and you know they got doc rivers you know at the helm so interesting right. by the way that whole that just the way that's all playing out this is all very interesting but I'm willing to wait and see on the whole Philly thing, honestly. I, I you know, I know they look great, and but I'm, I'm I just think Doc was the perfect coach for them. That's what sure, I think. Sure, sure. I, I just I want to wait and see. I want to see what what everyone's got, you know. And I don't think I think when you get to playoff scheduling, um, I think you're going to see the best versus the best. You know, I think you know, I, I just. I think they were well situated to kind of take advantage of where we are. The early, you know, the early playoff exit, but they did get in the bubble. They played quite a bit. They were tested. They have something to prove. New coach, new energy, um, you know, added some shooting so they can spread it a little bit better. Um, I still think they figured out the Ben Simmons thing, even though he had a good, he's having a good game as, as we record right now. Um, but yeah, anyway. We'll talk about Philly some other time, but I know, but 
look, the Celtics have sucked, no doubt, no dispute. But I think you look at their schedule after the break. You look at when they finally get maybe some time away from this COVID, you know, uh, break. I, you know, you're gonna get Romeo Langford back. I think they're gonna make a deal one way or the other to use that TPE, and then you'll see what you got. I just really think you got a lot of pieces that are not in the place they should be, you know. And I think you miss Marcus Smart. I think you really miss what he provides, the glue that he provides that connects everything. Uh, a game like Sunday against Washington, it was plainly be, you know, it, it was it was it was laid bare for all of us to see. I think that they're missing that connective tissue. They really are. Who's moving um, the ball? Who's defend? Who's taking the extra, the, the extra rotation? I mean, who's who's doing the extra? You know, I, I think we need to ask more of Jalen. We need to ask more of, of Jason Tatum. I think the the rookies and the and the bench players need to be playing better. But but they miss Marcus Smart. They miss his shooting too. Oh, by the way, that's right. I said that, and I mean it. I always mean it, but I really mean it now. They miss him. They need him. They miss him a ton because what they need is that grit and fight, mm-hmm. and they don't have it. <laughs> He's the dirt dog that digs deep, you know. That's the way that goes. Um, and I think I saw your tweet. You said that's the criticism of Brown and Tatum. Do they have that level of leadership ability? You know, maybe that's exactly what they need right now. Maybe, maybe those two need to suck it a little bit and – find that leadership quality. I mean, I think Jalen's got it, you know, but but they don't they still don't have it the way Marcus does. That's just the bottom line. It's funny cuz I also saw some some exchange with you cuz you were like, you know, we got to see how much this team's going to miss Smart and you know, everybody is kind of like, yeah, this will this might be this might show us how much we don't need him and yep. whatever and <laughs> You know, I don't. I, 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 well, I still think the, I still think the book is out. You know, on whether or not they need him. Um, I think they could be a successful team without him if somebody else was the leader, right? But they need that Kevin Garnett personality from somebody, and yeah. nobody even comes close to him. Um. Well, that's, you know, I think it's one of those things where everybody needs to be a little bit of everything, right? I mean, I think that, you know, you need Marcus Smart to be a little bit more efficient, to be a better shooter, to be a better, you know, to get to the rack a little bit more. He needs a little bit more Jalen in his life. He needs a little bit more Tatum. He needs to be a little bit more like them. But they, in turn, also need to do those extra things that, and I do not say all the time, but... You know, there's something about when your when your leader is willing to go the extra mile for you, um, and you know to be the vocal guy. How many times is Jason Tatum the guy at the end of games, you know, handling the post game stuff? How how many times is he you know sending messages? I mean, Jalen was asked the question on Sunday. They said to him, uh, you know, Jalen uh, seems like the ball movement. I think Mark Murphy asked, you know, seems like the bar, the, the ball movement isn't really happening. And he didn't say anything, and he like, wait a second, he said no comment. Now, that says a lot to me, you know. Oh, that's, yeah. He's, he's saying, 
we're not moving the ball, and he doesn't want to say. Dude, it was horrible, and to watch Detroit like swing it around the way they were. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's the second. That's the second pick of the third pick right now, according to Thankathon. <laughs> Just schooling us the last two games. Schooling. Yeah. Now, conversely, uh, you know, was it Thursday night against Toronto? Couldn't miss. I mean, really, looking great, looking as good as they've looked. So, you know, it is the same team, you know, and I, I tend to believe they're more the former than the latter, too. But when when you when, young players have a difficult time being consistent, that's just the nature of the beast. When your bench is made of young players, you're going to have an inconsistent bench. When your star players are young players, you're going to have inconsistent leadership from from them, too. As good as they are, as as capable as they might be, LeBron James did it, Michael Jordan did it, Larry Bird, well, <laughs> then we'll put Larry on a different pedestal. But everybody, I mean, young players, by and large, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, and this, these are, like you said, these are those learning experiences. Sometimes you need to sit in that filth and kind of be like, Jesus, we got to be more consistent about our effort. We got we to gotta do this. You got to figure that stuff out. And they don't have Marcus Smart as their training wheels to, to try to cover up those those sins. You know, they can't blame it on, you know, other things. It's it's really, it's these guys that, that they have to wear that. And even if it isn't Jalen, even if it isn't Jason, uh, they're the leaders. So they have to speak for all of it, and they have to set that tone. Jalen didn't like being called one of the young guys who made mistakes when Kyrie was here. And so now he's got to find his, his method of leadership to try to bring those guys along. Zero, zero assists those last two games from Jalen. That's not good enough. He's got to find ways to create for other people. You know, the, you know, you and I have talked about how he does so good creating and getting to the rack and like kind of turning, like getting a good look and like turning things. I think the next evolution is okay. He can get his own to try to change the momentum. Now can he, you know, get his own to create a good look for somebody else. That's a lot harder, but we've, we've seen him do that. He, he recognizes the moment. Now he's got to use these new tools of creating for others in that same way. And I think he will, I think he'll be there, you know, maybe it's not this year, but, but he'll be there. I I have a lot of faith in Jalen Brown. Oh, I do too. I definitely, I mean, look, I got a lot of faith in Jason Tatum, even though he laid a big stinker. Yeah. You know, th- that's the, probably the the biggest stinker we've seen him lay in quite some time. Um, he's struggling, though, dude. Like, what do you think? It's not. Do you think it's just effort, or like, what do you think's going on with Tatum? I mean, look, let's let's. <laughs> he's struggling, quote unquote. You know, and, and, and he's an unquestioned all-star. He is far and away their best player. He is so much – they're such a better team when he's on the floor versus not on the floor. So those – I mean, let, let's just say that. we're Again, this curve grading we're doing, we're saying, look, he's super important. They really need him. He's a really great player. But having said that, what is it that he's got to do to kind of push things over? Well, I don't know what's going on with this COVID thing. Is he still hampered by that? I don't makes know. Makes me wonder a little bit. It makes me wonder too. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got to figure out how to get to the play the foul game. 
that that so many of these superstars are playing. He's got to find a way to do this because it's. I do hate that about this game, though. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But he's got to play the game. It's like you know, I, dribbling, I just wish I wish the game wouldn't do that, and not for his sake, but for my enjoyment. Right. Totally you agree. Know, it's just, totally. It really sucks. Yeah, I hate it. I'm not a fan of of any of that. I think it's a a waste. Of, I, I think it's 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 shameful, frankly, that we even have to. I even have to bring it up. But but it's real. I mean, it's oh, it's, it's clear as day that that's. That is absolutely something important, and you know he has to find a way to have those conversations or or that relationship with the officials. That I mean, he obviously we all know his hands go up, and why did I get the call? And I think it's working against him. I don't think he's he's earning their good graces, but I also don't think fundamentally he's figuring out. I feel like he's shying away. He's looking ways to get around contact. Which is valuable. I mean, I'm not. It's not a bad thing, but it it feels like he needs to go into the lab to try to find a way to work with that contact, not 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 around it, but with but it. Look at his shoulders and his strength this season. Sure. We, we thought that that's what that was. Right, but I think it, I think that's there's a difference, right? There's a difference between being capable of it and being able to apply it, and I think that's where we are. Is is the application of that strength and and fundamentally how to grift you know spend some time with uh with smart spend some time with uh kyle lowry spend some time with james harden i mean there there are dark arts here that he needs to learn um and and i don't know if that's just not a drew hamlin thing it certainly seems to be for for uh, joel Embiid. no one flails like that guy i mean he's he's a master he's master class and that's part of the reason why he's done so Master well. Is he's, he's flapping, he's flopping around. So what is it that Embiid's willing to do, working with with the same trainer that Tatum has, that Tatum hasn't been able to to get you know on his uh, it, it implemented into his game? I mean, look, look, we say all this, he's still averaging 25 points, seven rebounds, four and a half assists on 51% effective field goal shooting, 40% from three. He's averaging almost seven threes, three three attempts a game. He's making almost three uh, a game, you know, 45% from the field. He's 45, uh, he's 40, 45, and 87. So he's not like a 45, uh, he's 40, 50, 90 guy, but but he's he's on that, that course, you know. He's getting a, a steal a game, half a block. I mean, the numbers look good. The numbers look good, and and he always does those things. But I think that there has to be some leadership pieces to this. You know, nineteen-year-old Jason Tatum, <laughs> he's twenty-two now. But that's like to me, like this is the mark. Like today, Felger and Mass said Jason Tatum is the reason why this all have sucked. That's it's now on him. He's the star player. This is what happens. This is what goes with the territory. Again, completely unfair. Again, you know the whole average. That's thing, what you get, that though. Stuff. But that's what happens. Maybe, maybe he's still friendly with Kyrie. Oh, I don't even want to think that. <laughs> I don't even want to think that. <laughs> uh, Wouldn't that just taint it? <laughs> well, I know they. I do. They talk. They do talk. 
Yeah. You know, I, I know that. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think, <laughs> I well, got you there, dude. You're well, like. <laughs> no, I actually, I was thinking same You're thing like, today. gross. Oh, did you? Yeah, That's I was funny. thinking about it today. I'm like, is that, is that impacting this at all? And I, I just, I'm. I, I took a shower and I just, you know, scrubbed the scrubbed it all away. But look, he is he is an amazing player. He's uber talented. He's 22 years old, right? He he has to figure out a way to to use these tools, okay? And it took until LeBron James was in his 10th season before he won an NBA 10th season or 9th season before he won an NBA championship. Uh, you know, he had a lot of mistakes along the way in this. This is Tatum's fourth season. You know, when he was in his fourth season, they did get to the finals, but they got blown out along the way. I mean, Tatum has accomplished more, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to be better than LeBron. I'm just saying, look, there's a lot of mistakes and, and warts and everything that go into this. But being the leader, he really has not had that responsibility. I don't believe. I don't think the city no, of Boston, no one has had their eyes on him. And now they're looking at him and saying, okay, now what are you going to do? You've shown you have the ability. You've shown you can score. You've shown you you have all this you know, all and, this stuff. And the team built around you emerging. Sure, sure. sure. But having said that, like we all said before, there's a thousand reasons why this is not a good gauge of any of that. You know? It, it really isn't, but but there's probably a little bit of truth in everything, right? There's a little bit of truth in this. Yeah, he probably does need to step up. He needs to figure some of these things out. Um, All right, last yeah, question before I got to wrap. Here's my yeah. here's here, and, and and this may have to be a a tabled conversation. Oh, but do you think it was? I realized Kyrie left, and they were trying to figure out what to do. But do you think they maybe shouldn't have picked up Kemba and not – I get it. Kemba's a better player than everybody's giving him credit for right now, and, you know, he's working through injuries. I get all that. But remember, I said I wanted to roll with the young kids, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think they kind of made a mistake because it would have allowed Smart and Tatum and Brown to just take the reins and emerge? Or – even re-signed Terry Rozier and had Smart, Rozier, Brown, Tatum, and I guess they would have had Rob Williams or, you know, they still would have had Tice. But do you think they should have gone that route just to – I realize everybody wants to compete for a championship. And, you know, last year was special until it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That Toronto series, I was so bad by the time we got to Miami. And then they just got there. Like, by the way, when they just played Toronto recently, in the third quarter, the refs were pulling the same crap. I was losing it again. I had PTSD from the <laughs> Toronto series. They lightened up in the fourth. It all went back to normal. But when that game was starting to get out of hand a little too early for their liking, the next thing you know, it was bogus call after bogus call. It was disgusting. <laughs> I was getting so mad. But anyway, put that aside. 
Would it, you know, everybody wants to compete now, and I get that, but why not? Oh, dude, I just feel like they had a little bit of runway. They gave the team over to them. Why not just hit the reset button? And then, this is not an indictment of Kemba Walker on any level. He's been a great locker room guy. He is a great guy. I'm just thinking dollars committed and, you know, real expectations. Well, okay, so let's let's go back to that place, right? So let's remember Terry Rozier was not in a good place when that was all going when that was coming apart. I mean, he was the most vocal of all the Celtics of how unhappy he was there. Uh, and yeah, that was totally salvageable if they put him in the starting lineup with a young crew. Yeah, but that was I, – I don't think there was interest in that at all. I mean, I don't I, – on his oh, side. I see what you're saying. Yeah, he wasn't going to stay. He well. was not – yeah, he was – he wanted out. You know, it was it was a bad situation. He was playing great when it was non-Kyrie lineups, and then when he would – you know, Kyrie would come back, it all, you know, got screwed up. Um, you know, let's not forget the Al Horford piece of this, too, because – there was every expectation that Al Horford is coming back, and then all of a sudden Philly comes to the rescue with a giant offer that becomes a millstone that they have to dump um, away to OKC. So uh, that kind of was an unexpected piece of this. So without that, then you know Kemba Walker doesn't come into the mix. I think perhaps if – I think there is a chance they could consider bringing Terry back if Al Horford doesn't leave. I think Horford leaving and Kyrie leaving and Terry Rozier leaving. Remember, it was like everybody's going away here. This whole thing is falling apart. Oh, my God. Batting down the hatches. Uh, And then it was like, oh, we'll get Vucevic or we'll get Kemba. So then the question is, right, like, okay, well, should you have spent that much money on Kemba Walker? And I get it. I mean, I, I understand the concern there because it is a lot of money, and it certainly does tie them up uh, greatly here over the next whatever couple of years. But you know, he's his he's a he has a player option in two years, but he's got this year and next year, and then you know who knows? I mean, what what the deal is? So you're really talking about two more years of Kemba Walker. It, it's really not that long a time. You're not even you're only basically one year into uh, Jason Tatum's extension at that point, so you've got you've got room to, to salvage whatever you're going to do. Um, the question is, to me, losing Terry, yeah, I think that would that kind of sucked um, in retrospect, given what he's doing in, in Charlotte, and you know it would have been nice to have him here. He's such a gamer. A full, he was you know, such a, full, a gamer. He, he would have it, loved the limelight in this moment right now. It with been a good with fit. Marcus gone, yeah, yes. and he would have been a really with good With Marcus fit. and Rozier and, and Tatum and Brown, it would have been great. But remember, I also remember Charlotte giving him $19 million a year and be like, oh, my goodness, that is way, way, way too much. And in retrospect, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's a I think there's a question to be asked more about um, Al Horford and you know Gordon Hayward and what is the right thing to do. You know the Celtics have been very prudent and very conservative 
in their dealings with their own players, and almost every single one of them has walked as a result of that. They haven't done it with the rookies or you know rookie scale contracts, but obviously there have been people willing to pay you know Gordon Hayward. There were people willing to pay you know, Al Horford, and uh, they walked. And now the Celtics were left you know in a situation they are in. So having said that, they wouldn't be able to pay everybody anyway. But you know maybe you pay them and then you deal with the problem later and 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 work it out that way. When you lose control. You've really lost control. Having said that, too, they're sitting with a TPE, and so we're kind of halfway through that conversation. We really don't yet know what the return, effective return, on what letting Gordon Hayward go uh, would be. You know, it's Tristan Thompson and whatever they add. So let's just, in a theoretical sense, if they're able to use the TPE, give up some draft capital, maybe a young player, or two, and they get Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes and Tristan Thompson, to me, looking at Gordon Hayward where he was a year ago, not where he is now, but where he was a year ago, I think I'd rather have Harrison Barnes and Tristan Thompson than have Gordon Hayward, what I saw a year ago. And the Gordon Hayward we saw this year from Charlotte was never going to be the Gordon Hayward in Boston. Never, 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 never. No, no, because he needs, he actually needs the ball in his hands. It's it's a it's a, yeah it's you can't compare the two, you know he needs the ball in his hands and he should have the ball in his hands. But you're gonna take it out of Jason Tatum's hand? You're gonna take yeah. it out of Jalen Brown's hand? No way. What they needed was pl- a player in that. So Harrison Barnes is your guy. Those two. I I think he's the best fit. I have less questions about his fit than I do with um, Aaron Gordon or John Collins. I think he's a better fit to what they're trying to do. Uh, he's got a longer contract, unlike B.J. Tucker. He's the best. I think he's the best fit for, for what they need. The problem is that Sacramento is still – they're 11th in the West right now. They're just, you know, they're basically tied with, with Dallas. You know, if they can – they've lost three in a row. They've had some injuries. Bagley was out a little bit. Fox was out. If there's a little bit of a gap there, you know, over the next couple weeks, maybe we got a shot. The problem is, is I just don't think a lot of guys are – a lot of teams are convinced to do a deal right now, you know? It's just it, – I don't well, think – they don't have to. They've got a whole month and a week. Yep. There's yep. so much time to watch things play out. Why make your move now? Right. Why give up a guy – a key guy for you who could maybe get you to the playoffs for the first time in like 12 – Or admit years. to your fan base that you're yeah. doing that. Right. Right. I mean, until it's unequivocally obvious. You're, and you're not so bad that you can say, oh, well, we're going to get Zion. Oh, we're going to get, you know, Tim Duncan. Ugh. You know, they're, they're just not they're just not close enough for that. So <laughs> it just makes more sense to kind of hold on to the guy and, you know, maybe you get hot and Bagley actually figures out how to play you know, defense and, and maybe you can make a run to be seventh or sixth or something you know they're they're three games back of seventh place you know three and a half games back from sixth i mean if that gap becomes five seven games well then maybe you know maybe you do you know when you get into march you start looking at things the other thing i'd say with gordon out and nance out and all these guys it might make sense for the kings to go a little bit early 
because they aren't going to have the competition. You know, the, the only guy available theoretically might be Barnes. So maybe they say, hey, you know, we're open now. Uh, you know, if you really want him now, it's going to cost you a little bit more um, rather than waiting for Aaron Gordon to get healthy and Nance to get healthy, you know, a month from now. It's a thought. I don't know. Probably unlikely. But, God, we got to, you know, I, I, the Celtics need to make a deal. You know, that's the problem. The Celtics really need a deal uh, to kind of reset the balance and then maybe some smaller deals to add around the edges. But um, they need something. They need an infusion. They need a lift. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> As a reminder, we're going through the same pain you are, and you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're freaking everywhere, man. And uh, and and definitely troll us on Twitter. He's at CSL underscore Duke. I'm at CSL underscore Justin. And, uh, you know, best time to troll us is when the team's doing bad. You'll definitely get a spark. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not uh and if you're not trolling then come join us in our misery and uh we'll see we'll see how it goes stay patient everybody they're only at 500 game tomorrow night i'm not even doing predictions anymore it's so bad so uh we'll revisit it when you and i are trying to do the uh four and oh versus three and one stuff again john <laughs> soon enough Soon enough, maybe after the break. Maybe that's maybe that's the deal we strike is that after the break we'll start worrying about that. Until then, it's just hang on and and don't fall too far behind. And you know, let's get through that. Let's get through this break in a, in a few. It was just like two three weeks away now at this point. And and then let's see where we are. Deal. Good plan. All yep. right. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And for my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thanks for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. 